Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Hello, this is Sarah Kaki with the Atlanta Divorce Law Group, joined by our managing partner, Shauna Woods, and welcome to another episode of the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Today, Shauna is going to discuss the fantasy that we bring into our expectations for our happily ever after in our marriages, in our relationships, where that comes from, and does it set us up for success or failure? Shauna? Well, thank you, Sarah. I think it's a great and really interesting conversation. And we really do have three different kind of generations here to talk about it. And the fact of the matter is, I think no matter what age group you're in, you were kind of raised with a fantasy love trope, mm-hmm, right? From sure. the very beginning. I know they're getting better about it, but, you know, they start with the books of the prince and the princess. You're right. right? And the princess is always you know, waiting for her prince to come and begin her life. And I think that's one of the things that starts, you know, this kind of, is that what we're waiting for to begin our life? This this grandiose love, right? And they really really don't go beyond when they fall in love or they get married, right? And then that ends and that's your happily ever after, Right. right? And so talking about these things, how they are consistently put into our lives, I think is really important, Tara grew up in Disney worlds, basically, (laughs) (laughs) with a lot of the Disney princesses. What was that like and how did that influence your idea of love? I think it's hard when you grow up with those certain examples because growing up, I always thought that love was supposed to be this big, grand, passionate thing and it was supposed to be easy. And because all of the issues that Disney princesses face our stuff, like some of it is crazy, like Little Mermaid, she lost her legs, you know what I mean? Had no voice and had to get them back. But other than that, they don't really show any kind of real life issues. And I know that they do that because it's kids movies. But when you're showing these grand acts of love, and then in the real life, a lot of the times it does not work out that way. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why is that not happening to me? And then it kind of sets you up to compare yourself to other people and their timelines and what they're doing. I think that's a really important thing that you just said. Why is that not happening to me? This is what I was taught was going to happen. Am I not the princess? Yeah. Am I not the special one? Because this is not happening to me. Sarah, you grew up differently than I would say a typical American. Right, right. Grew up. What was your experience early on? Well, Disney definitely did make it to Sweden. <laughs> my, first, <laughs> my first movie in the movie theater was The Little Mermaid. I think when Tara was talking about this, I was thinking to myself, okay, so grew out of the Disney concept probably around the age of early, early teens. Like right before you start hitting the teenage years is when that Disney concept, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is cute, right? But I realized what perpetuated what was built into the belief system, you know, under the age of seven is where your subconscious mind has still ahead of your conscious. Everything's going into the subconscious. Your beliefs are being formed. So Disney's really hitting little girls and boys at prior to the conscious mind being able to think for itself and question things. So it's going straight to the belief system. And then you have to deconstruct that when you get older. But the trouble is the rom-coms, 
at yes. the early teens start perpetuating that whole happily ever after. Right. And the TV shows, when I was growing up, 90210, I mean, Brenda and Dylan were supposed to be forever. <laughs> they were, I mean, to this day, I'm very upset about that breakup. <laughs> I think it broke something inside of me. It, right. You, you really do. You're so invested because it's like this spark, this, uh, it's the one. Yes. Right. They're selling you on, there is a one person out there. And all those TV shows are, I don't watch enough TV shows now to know, but the TV shows of our generation, there was usually a six character cast or a five character cast. And in that cast, there was the it couple that was meant for each other. Yes. You know, if you were Rachel, you were looking for your Ross. If you were Brenda, it was your Dylan and so forth. And I think that is where I'm now thinking, wow, what was kind of probably formed in my unconscious mind through Disney as a little girl. And even if I was smart enough to have questioned it by the age of 10, 11, be like, this is funny. And then got taken over by those shows because a movie comes and goes. But if you think about it, a show lives in your life. For, for years, for years. And you follow these characters. You know, there's, I don't remember like the names of each character, but Saved by the Bell. Oh my God, Kelly and Zach. That was, I remember coming to America thinking I'm going to find my Zach. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. No, it's exactly the same kind of trope that we're talking about. It's the the captain of the football team mm-hmm. and the cheerleader, right? Meant and for each other. They were meant for each other. The two smart people, they're meant for each other. They're yeah. the and one. And it's forever after. Once right. they, and once, this is the part that I think it gets really interesting about once they get to the altar and they get married, it's like, ha, oh, done. It ends. <laughs> it, it ends. There, there is no more after that. No. Right? And I think that with the rom-coms, it does continue into our life. And I'm let me be very clear. I think there's nothing wrong with these types of shows and these movies. I think we all get invested. Oh, I'll go to TBS and rewatch it all day long. Okay? <laughs> you know, we can have major discussions about were they or were not on break with, you know, Rachel and Ross, right? right? They were, by the way. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> I'm with you. It's the formal opinion. <laughs> Well, I don't know if this was after your guys' time. Maybe you guys were like a little bit too old when the show came out. But Gossip Girl was my show. And I can't remember off the top of my head how many seasons they had. But exactly what you said. I All I wanted was to find my Chuck. All I wanted was Blair and Chuck. And I know that they went through a lot in the show. But exactly what you said. At the end of the show, it like fast forwarded. I can't remember how many. I think it was like a year or two. And then the last show was them getting married and then nothing and so it's it's odd to see exactly we're talking about that everything just kind of stops once you get to that point you know that is the fantasy versus the reality right because the fantasy is we get invested in these shows we get invested in these stories but the reality is our lives don't stop you know, once we're in a relationship, Mm -hmm. we still have careers, we still have children, we still have interests and lives and other things to do. But these shows, if you really buy into, and they really are trying to sell you hard on there is a one Mm -hmm. out there. One of the movies, and I used to love this movie, I really did until I got older, and I started deconstructing it. And I was like, Maybe this isn't the greatest (laughs) example of what love is, but with serendipity Mm, from the early 2000s. Adam Sandler and Kate Beckinsale, right? 
it was definitely Kate no Kinsella. it wasn't Adam Sandler it was, it was no, um, John John Cusack, John Cusack. I was like That's no right. no he was the ultimate yeah. like 2000s rom-com <laughs> I went guy. to that bakery in New York just because of that movie yes <laughs> yes it is but when you think about it right there, this whole thing about serendipity is, is you're supposed to buy into they're meant to be together yeah. because it's written in the stars he's written in the stars she wrote her name in a book mm-hmm. he wrote his name on a, a dollar bill or wherever it was and and years later they come back because they were meant to be together when you really deconstruct it one they met each other while they were both in other relationships mm-hmm. and then right on the verge of committing to other people right getting married to other people that's when they go to find out the one again yeah and i think one of the things we have to be really careful about is when we're being sold this fantasy what is it we're being sold? And how many value systems are we exactly. breaking for this fantasy? I mean, exactly. you're you're absolutely right. And it's sort of one of my absolute favorite ones is uh, my best friend's wedding. Like, oh, oh my God, probably the best <laughs> of all time. Truly. She is working to break a engagement. Yeah. And you're rooting for her. Absolutely. The whole time you're rooting for Julia Roberts to steal the guy from Cameron Diaz who has a, is about to walk the altar with him. There was another one like this recently. It's interesting because these things are like, now I'm watching these movies with my children. Not that one, because it's still not age appropriate for mine. But we were watching The Parent Trap. And yes. I don't, The Parent Trap is the one I remember. Again, you have a situation where the couple that you don't want to end up together are at the altar, about to get married. And all of a sudden he says... I can't do this. I'm right. You know, and then I'm in love with, I'm someone, in love else. with somebody else. And she gets, and she's turned into a villain, the bride right. and the altar who's getting dumped and embarrassed in front of everybody. Right. While he's been like emotionally cheating with somebody else. You're sitting there as an audience member going, yes. And she's so bad. Leave her <laughs> there. I, yes. There's another one. Um, wedding planner. Yes, I love that one. Yes, with Jennifer Lopez and Matthew You do love them, yeah, right? and you are invested, but you see yourself as the person of the one instead of the person who's being rejected and jilted. In and it leads back to something that Tara said: Why am I not the one? Mm-hmm. Why isn't that person leaving at the altar right. <laughs> and coming to find me? And I think it sets up really unhealthy boundaries. Yeah, and. Not a real good sense of self, right? The one I keep coming back to that really kind of makes me laugh is, you guys remember Runaway Bride? Yes. Okay. Now, I got to say, in hindsight, really love this movie. I mean, you have <laughs> Julia Roberts and Richard Gere reunion. Right. I could not, not love it. But speaking for someone who is, let's say, engaged a few times mm-hmm. before I was 21 and never married... yeah this one hit home this one hit home and my parents really thought it was funny i didn't think it was so funny at the time but one of the the lines or one of the the things that happens is she has to learn what kind of eggs she likes yeah i remember that and i think that really speaks volumes to this fantasy versus reality of i need to go learn myself Mm -hmm. before i can get in a relationship with you Mm -hmm. and one of the things that he said was Love that line. He goes, I guarantee you at some point in time, one or both of us is going to want out of this. Yeah. 
And, and that is real. That's the reality. That is so real. And we, we're going to have a whole episode where we talk about the reality piece. And that's that line says it all. That is one of the ones that really does speak volumes. And I do think that these are fun and we can have a good mm-hmm. time with these. You know, and I'm not knocking Disney. <laughs> and I'm not mm-hmm. you know, speaking bad about rom-coms. But I think that we really have to look and deconstruct are we buying so into it that we're cheating ourselves and breaking our life? own values because yes. we're blinded by the fantasy? Exactly. But I, I will speak up on behalf of the rom-coms and the amazing 90s TV shows <laughs> and Disney. Besides for the fact that they taught me English, there is another big benefit to them. I am such a fan of partnership. So for me, partnership is like a core value. I think partnership is huge. Now, whether that looks like a marriage or in a different form, but I think partnership is is really, really important. A partnership is a way we grow as people. I do think a lot of these shows in their best shape and form, they do promote partnership. They do promote something inside of us that wants to seek that and wants to find that, that place where you feel completely safe being ultimately vulnerable and, you know, raw and from somebody that's your person. I do think that if there was some sort of way where we could also teach, this isn't where it ends. The altar isn't where it ends. The work actually just begins after that. But it, I believe in markets partnership well, as far as you wanting to go, you're waking up something inside of you to go seek it. Now, in the next episode, we can talk about how it sets you up for failure once you find it, you know, with the expe- unreasonable expectations it sets. But for me personally, I was such a, Shauna, you're the same, Tara's the same, such a like self-reliant person growing up. And especially even when I was growing up to be a teenager, I didn't know I would ever get married. I didn't know if I was ever even going to find the one or that the one would even want to be with somebody like me. (laughs) So I'm glad it woke something inside of me at least to say, Hey, this, I'm interested to learn more about this. I'm interested to have this right. And at least fight and work for it. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with where you grow up too, because my personal experience is I did grow up with the Disney movies that transitioned into the Twilight because I was a huge Twilight person and that transitioned into these rom-com shows. And growing up in California, it's not common to get engaged while in high school or right out of high school and then get married right out of college. And so coming from that to being coming into the South, you know, into my older adolescence and young adulthood, I'm seeing everybody around me getting married and getting engaged to. And then that's where it comes into like, oh, what's wrong with me? And it's because now my current surroundings are what's showing me, okay, you are, I told my mom this when I was visiting her like a couple weeks ago, I said, mom, my clock is ticking. Like Mm -hmm. my clock is almost up. And she's like, Terry, you're 25. Like, you're going to be okay. And I'm like, no, that I'm, I'm old. That means I'm old. And oh she was God. like, no, Tara. She was like, it's like, it's normal to wait. And I'm like, no, it's not. Everybody I know is engaged or married with kids. And she was like, okay, well, Tara, like you go travel, you go do what you want to do. And then you decide to settle down. But it's different whenever I feel like genuinely, if I would have stayed in California, my entire life, I probably wouldn't be feeling this way. I would feel, okay, you know, I'm kind of on my own timeline. But then coming to the South, I'm like, 
oh my God, I'm this old maid that's never going to get married, you know? So I think it really just depends on that too. Sure. I have a fun game I want to quiz I want to put you guys through. Follow this Disney talk. So here's the game. Okay. A Disney princess is going to a therapist and sharing to the therapist their story. And I'm going to tell you what the therapist says to them. And you're going to guess the Disney princess. Okay. Are you ready? All right. So this is on. Uh, are you ready? All right. So this is the therapist saying this to this Disney princess. Name the Disney princess. So you went to live with seven people you didn't know, and you got poisoned by food a, a stranger offered you. I'm simply impressed with your capacity of trusting people. Snow White. Good job, ladies. All right. Name this Disney princess. So the therapist says. The guy lied to you the entire time, and you're still going to marry him? Beauty and the Beast. Nope. No. There's a lot of lied. them. Lied to you the entire time. Who lied about who they are to the princess the whole time? Can I Jasmine, guys. Oh. oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sarah's going to kill us for that one. <laughs> yeah, I am. All right, next one. Okay, you dance for a couple of hours in a party, and now you think he is the love of your life. Tell me more about that. Cinderella. Cinderella. All right, good. Can we just talk about, pause this quiz really quick, the fact that how did this one shoe fit one girl in their entire village? Like, that was the <laughs> one plot hole I had with that movie the entire time. I know it was supposed to be magical, but how does Cinderella have a one-size foot? Like, no one else can fit her shoe. Because she's the one. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Mic drop. All right, next one. This one's hilarious. So basically, you change your whole self just to fit into his world. Little Mermaid. Yeah, Tara, you have to get that one. I know. All right, this one's hilarious. Did you really let it go? That's frozen. frozen. Yes, Elsa. (laughs) Wow. So you saved China for your father's approval. Mulan. (laughs) It doesn't matter how many books he gave you. He's still your captor. Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Let's talk about consent while you are unconscious. Oh, Sleeping Beauty. That's it? Good job, ladies. That's awesome, Sarah. Thank you. We did pretty okay. You're welcome. So just sort of wrap up our fantasy segment, I wanted to share that the whole concept of our trademark of happily ever after divorce is really to touch on the idea of this fantasy setting us up for failure in setting us up for expectations that our partner may never be able to meet for us and making the whole divorce process so much more painful than it needs to be. The idea of I am going to have find the one and after we walk down the altar, we're going to have our happily ever after without any conflict, without any work, without any moments where one of us is going to want to get out of it or both of us are going to want to get out of it. When we first trademarked Happily Ever After Divorce and came up with the concept, it wasn't just to talk about the after chapter being able to create from beginning from something that didn't turn out to be a healthy place and taking it and turning in a life for yourself in your own hands and taking responsibility for it and creating what you want, but also sort of poke a little fun at this concept that's been fed to us since we were children. And I think that's basically all we have to say about the fantasy piece. 
Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.